Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start It Up podcast, a podcast that probably should have happened two years ago. Yeah. Thank you, COVID. Is now happening at a per recommendations of why haven't you guys recorded? Good point. <laughs> I've known you now three years. And even when I heard your story first, which we're going to relive for our audience, I was like, A, I've got to have you on the podcast. But B, that journey you went through is exactly what we try to portray and try to get out to more students. That was a long intro to say, hey, Devin, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Finally. Finally. I and, wasn't even cool enough to get on the podcast, guys. Three and, years. And you're three blocks away from where I were. There's no excuse. There's yeah. no excuse. It's literally all my fault. Um, but let's let's back up from when we first met. I had you, gosh, I think at the time Connected was five people. But even then yeah. you were like, we're about ready to explode. And I was like, okay, awesome. Before I get into the what, I want to get into the shoe flipping, the oh, early yeah. years, all that stuff. So let's go back from when you needed to flip shoes. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was 15. I did start by reselling sneakers. So Nike's, Jordan, Jeezy's, you know, highly sought after sneakers that are hard to get your hands on, right? And um, I started out of a must. So my sister was diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer. My dad stepped out on us for uh, a year. You know, he was he was a good dude all in all, but didn't know how to handle tough situations. Mm -hmm. uh, later found out he had a drug problem. So I think those two played hand in hand. But um, so when that happened, you know, I stepped up to the plate, resold sneakers. I knew sneakers were desirable. Cause that's all my dad would ever buy me. And he always had like a hundred pairs of shoes and I would always ask why. So, and then I found out people go to events to actually sell them. Right. So I went to an event, a little sneaker con type event and made 3000 bucks in one day from all the shoes that my dad bought me. And I was like, I'm hooked. This is it. And, um, we went all in. So, and, you know, started with shoes, shoes turned to running my own trade show when I was in, I uh, got my license. Mm -hmm. And then I learned how to do digital marketing and I learned how to do all kinds of, you know, builder relationships mm -hmm. and supply mm -hmm. and demand. Yeah, we'll get right? to that in a second. Yeah. So, you know, I learned all these core business practices that I just thought was me hustling, right? Uh, in high school. Yeah. And building a, a small business, small little empire. And, uh, you know, through that, I built a website, I built a social media following, all the fun stuff. But then an app came out called StockX and killed the resale margins of sneakers. So that's where you can just go buy shoes, highly sought after collectibles, all within an app. It's now a multi-billion dollar company. But um, yeah, so that killed the resale margins and I pivoted to digital marketing and then digital marketing led to Connected. Um, but just to tie everything together, my sister's still with us. My dad did pass away when I was 21. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's one of my biggest motivators is, you know, he left no legacy, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I always say that I will always control my environment and make sure that anyone and everyone around me can win. Mm -hmm. And that is key because uh, I felt that pain of not mm -hmm. feeling secure and having legacy to, to live off of. I'm struck with the, 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 the axiom necessity is the mother of all invention. So when I go back to the, oh, snap, my sister has cancer and we have bills to pay. Right. Uh, obviously, like, who knows where fate leads you, 
But had there been no call to action like that, would there be a connected? I, I think I was destined to be driven. I do not think we'd be at the magnitude or running a connected like the urgency. To, the urgency, right. right? In time, yes, but not in that <laughs> three-year span yeah. where it went from zero to sixty really fast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's great to hear because I, I think that, that alone. Um, you forgot. You forgot a one. In. By that 60. It's 160. One, zero to 160. That's right. <laughs> you like faster cars. Um, but uh, like one thing we're always trying to impress upon people is that mindset first, is that you, you hear people complain and you think that I can do something about it. It is not good enough just to get on Twitter and say, things suck, press right. send. You have a different, I dare say, and don't slap me, say advantage by having to like – Go from zero to one sixty because I gotta save my sister. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. But speak to people twenty five and younger right now, which technically I just said. Yeah, I was just gonna say you just crossed that threshold. Yeah. But talk to people twenty five and younger that feel all this pressure of I've got to be successful. Right. But they don't know where to begin. Yeah. And at the same time, they also don't have the benefit, again, don't be mad, yeah, of no, not no. having a sister that like needs this now. Yeah. Talk to that twenty five through 17 year olds right it definitely starts with the mindset right you know i talk about it all the time but you have to know that you are worthy of finding something successful you know you have to know that mm. you are worthy to be in a strong wielded position and worthy of uh creating success now finding what path you're going to take i always break it down like this what are you most passionate about mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. I love technology personally. I love relationships, mm -hmm. hence why I run a company called Connected where we automate building relationships, mm -hmm. right? And next season of life, it'll be car-related because I absolutely love the automotive industry, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you have to really drill down to who and what you the bigger, better version of yourself is and what gets you there, right? Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't matter if you're obsessed with playing the guitar to – you know, it it doesn't matter. Just what are you most passionate about at this very moment, yeah. and find a way to make a profitable business model, right? And niches, you know, there's riches in the niches, right? So the weirder, more awkward that it is, probably extremely profitable. Yeah, I'm going back to that whole Seth Godin thing that I learned a long time ago. Serve the smallest group, but in a way they haven't been used to before. That's right. Because you own that. Niche, that niche, that however you want to pronounce, Francais. Yeah. Um, We're probably both saying it wrong. Tomato, tomato. Niche. Niche. <laughs> Hard uh, syllable. Um, no, so I, I, I appreciate that. I like that. Um, but again, I, I, I'm, our feedback that we're hearing a lot of, even in our alumni associates, we have, this is year five for us, so we now have college-age students that we're still very much in contact with. And there is that pressure to I have to be successful now. Now, I, I, I get that, do what you love, because the second thing I hear is, I don't know what I love. We have so many students, and I know this is where I get on my soapbox, and at 5'8", I need it. But <laughs> we have so many people that have been programmed to say, uh, that have been programmed by schools that are like, sit down, shut up, just go here, do this. And some of these people are about ready to graduate and have and have a lot of questions on what they want to do. Yeah. So <laughs> breathe life into them. Yeah, with the people that have like literally no idea, I still think it's very important to know that you are worthy of being successful and, and uh, it's coming, right? It also, 
you you just need to try different things. You don't need to follow any certain path that anyone lays out for mm -hmm. you, right? Mm -hmm. You need to work in several different industries over and do gutter jobs, like mm -hmm. be the janitor at mm -hmm. the track, mm -hmm. but fill, but know that you love racing, right? <laughs> Figure out how they talk, walk, and who the executives are, right? But I say all this to say is like jump around and try different things, but learn how to build a relationship in the industries. Yeah. Learn the relationship business. If you don't know what business to start, learn the relationship business. I literally have friends that make, I don't know, four or 500 grand a year. All they do is connect people. Yeah. That's all they do. They, they just, they have a massive Rolodex and all they do is make certain connections and they take a percentage mm -hmm. off of introductions mm -hmm. for a capital raise, selling a product, buying a product, whatever it may be, right? They're just hustlers. Right making a really good lifestyle and going to the most exclusive parties you could ever think of and having an amazing time doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's their passion is relationships. But if you cannot figure out a business or a passion to attach yourself with, be obsessed with the process of mastering relationships. Yeah. I, one thing that, that in hearing that listening to people and what their needs are, because if you do master those relationships, you, you have that Rolodex of people and you start matchmaking of, I, man, I just heard some, well, case in point, I just met a lady that her business is in graphene and carbon fiber. Mm -hmm. I just left Delara, who their a lot of what they do is build indie cars out of carbon fiber. And she was like, we're looking for more clients. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, wait a second. And so like that, that I'm listening to you and your needs and I have another person that they have exactly what you need. And, and, and I, I totally agree with that. That's also why I just get so bothered by when people sarcastically say, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. You're right. Yeah. It is. That's right. So know people and people are like, oh, it's not that easy. Yes, it is. Yeah. So good friend of mine, uh, Bradley, he always says, the yep. more hands you shake, the more money you make. And that's, it's that's, so a, that's, that's, that's a punchy catchphrase. I like that. Yeah. He's man, full he's, of is that copyrighted? I don't know, man. You should get that trademarked. Good <laughs> job, Brad. Uh, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. It's so true. Think no, about I, it. But a thousand percent. You know, I do want to touch on, on just a little bit further relationships. Someone listening to this be like, maybe like, well, I don't know how to build a relationship. Right. Not that's a deeper problem, but where you start is just start having a conversation with them. Open the conversation with and start asking questions of interest that you have, mm -hmm. right? And see if you can start to find some common ground. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you live in Indianapolis, you're attending one of the schools here. Maybe you're an IU fan or you're a Colts fan or you're all of the above. Meet someone, shake their hand, introduce yourself, and then start asking questions about, oh, are you a Colts fan? Oh, are you IU fan? Where did you go to school? Start asking genuine questions that you can get behind yeah. and open up the conversation. And then step two is you're learning and, and building that relationship, you know, in the infancy of this conversation, you may not know anyone, you may not have a network, but think of a resource you can introduce to them somehow, some way in that conversation, because the fastest mm -hmm. way to build a real relationship is to serve, mm -hmm. right? Service obligates. So if you serve somebody in the first, 20 minutes of ever meeting them, yeah. they will always remember that. Take it back to three years ago when I met you, mm. I served you, I said, take my software, use it however you want to use it, right right, right away. Yep. And we've stayed in contact ever since. Yeah. 
it's developed into something much more significant than just, hey, use my software now. But I know that service obligates. So in the first five, six minutes, I'm looking for a resource or a person I can introduce to them right away. Mm -hmm. And I stop the conversation and say, oh, you really love the you know, IU basketball team? I actually have a connection where I can get you half-off tickets. Mm -hmm. Introduce them. They would love that, right? And then start finding, you know, figuring out more and more about the person in there and let them talk about themselves and and take that and pivot it into whatever you're doing currently at hand and just build that relationship and get that contact locked yeah. down. No, I, I, I like that you clarified that because I'm hearing negative comments in my head that sometimes that I hear of the difference between a relationship and transactions. And we've all been to things where you hand out, hey, here's my card. We should totally play some golf later. Yeah. It's never going to happen. You're just <laughs> hoping that that person's going to call you because you've given her or him, you know, a, a lead or something like that. Listening to what I think you're the key point. What I just heard is listening to what their interests are, and genuinely have an interest in that. Absolutely, because you scouted them. Because it's not like if you like, and don't get me wrong. All of a sudden, you meet somebody, and this guy is saying like, "I have a huge interest in bocce ball. I love bocce ball." And you're like, "That's this dumb." And like, don't pretend that you have an interest in bocce ball. Yeah, don't just, fake it. Right, don't fake it. But like, your point was find those people first that have similar interest, then listen to them and scrub it against what your network. Or if you are 18 years old and you have no network, how can I learn from you? How well, can how I? How can I? Right. How can I come cut your grass? Yeah, no, no. I, and, <laughs> I mean, and, and normally I'd call bullshit. But like several students and several also students have come through Innovate Within have called you and you followed up. That's right. So I will say that that's a genuine thing. Matter of fact, I hope this is not awkward. The person behind the camera yeah. is a former student of mine. That's right. So hilarious how these things work. <laughs> um, so no, but I, that is a testament to the fact that you have. You said that you'd help my students and you followed through on several occasions. Um, so let's get back to the, okay, that was the beginning days. Yeah. Then you started this thing called Connected. We just got done talking about building relationships. Let's talk about building relationships at scale. Tell us about Connected. What is it? How does it work? Yeah, so Connected leverages the world's largest you know, business directory we call LinkedIn. And it will automate reaching out to exactly who you need to be talking to, mm -hmm. follow up and start those genuine conversations while keeping it personal, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, you can even use video inside of the product, so you can send a video introducing yourself and starting that conversation at genuine, you know, uh, with your your face and voice and all the fun stuff. And it's developed into a mid-market enterprise solution now, where it integrates in just about any other technology you can imagine in marketing. Mm. Um, and and you know, we're going to continue to develop that that product roadmap, but it is all top of funnel focused, right? Mm -hmm. We, we do uh, use Brad saying a lot, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. Mm -hmm. And Connected are sh is shaking hands, automate it for you mm -hmm. for 60, 70, 80, 100 people a day and bringing those to your front door. And then on, obviously, as the people start to respond back, that's the when you can jump in and dig deeper. Yeah, yeah. So when they respond, right, then you start to build that relationship, book the call, offer them lunch, get them coffee. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, if you're in high school or or college or whatnot, just apply on the connected form submission. Say, I need to meet more people in my city. We'll we'll take care of you and, and, and help mm. you out on a as a student listening to this. If you have no network, no nothing, love to help the community. That's where we start off. Okay. Um 
So let's let's talk about like connected allows you to grow at scale. Let's talk about growing at scale again. Yeah. The first time I visited your first location, you were actually closer to my office. Right. And and, and again, I think you were just. I remember there was boxes being unpacked. Yeah. Five seven people. Uh, where are we at now? So if you count our overseas development team, uh, we're 161. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And obviously you took over two floors here. Well, we're just one floor here right now. Okay. But Looking straight at the Lucas Oil. Yeah. You can technically, the, the, I saw the windows were open today. Yeah. Can you see on the field? I think you can, can't you? Yeah, yeah. You can see the back edge and then you can see the Jumbotron. And That's cool. All that fun stuff. And so uh, like... Tell me about the highs and lows of scaling. Because, like, that went fast. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you're like, hey, man, we're about to grow. And, again, five people. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I start talking to you again. Yeah. Like, Yeah, how many times do you hear, oh, we're about to scale? It's like true. Well, and there's also, oh, we're about to sign a lease. And then three months later, yeah, we've already outgrown. <laughs> and then having – I mean, wasn't it about that? Wasn't it about three months? I think it was, like, two, right at three months really busting at the seams. Yeah. Because, like, I was like, oh, good. We're just going to be right down the street. I'll be able to visit you. And you're like, yeah, we're moving. This isn't big enough. And I was like, you're kidding because you had several <laughs> open offices the last time I visited. So tell me about the highs and lows of scaling that quick. Yeah, so definitely a lot of them. Let me be clear. Sure. Um, and I hate to relay everything back to the mindset, but it's truly where it starts, right? Mm -hmm. Um in that rapid growth, I constantly had to look, and I'm I'm still having to do it, by the way, look in the mirror and ask, you know, what is the next version of me? Because right. I I have to evolve faster than my company is mm -hmm. to stay on top of it and be able to be that leader that keeps innovating, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to know exactly who we are and what we're doing, mm -hmm. and that takes one percent every single day of getting better, right? Yeah. Um, between now and and when we first met, I'm probably close to 100 pounds lighter, mm. uh, if you've noticed that. But like even down to the, the the small things like weight and leading by example. Being a dad. Being a father. That's new. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Not, nine new, not new anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah newish. Yeah, yeah. newish. But, you know, so starts with me and then others will follow, right? Right. And we have um, realized that it, it's the people in this company that's going to move it to the point of where we're heading and continue to grow. And what do those people need? What boxes do they need to check? And so instead of saying, Hey, it's all these performance indicators. And of course we have KPIs for mm -hmm. personal, you know, performance 100% we do, but we built our core value checklist. And if you can't check them mm -hmm. each quarter at connected, mm -hmm. we started this, I mean, years ago and it's just gotten more evolved we'll actually give you a two week notice of you need to do, you need to work on this. And so, yeah. And it, it will, won't be numbers related. It'll be right. like to tell people you appreciate them more often or, right. you know, you, you got to build genuine good people into your company and, yeah. and give them opportunity. Um, few other things while scaling, you got to learn to release, right? Uh, as a CEO, you're often caught up in, I need to control everything. Yeah. And you got to bring people in and trust them until hmm. they mess it up. <laughs> if you f if you fail to do that, you will never scale a company. Yeah. And there's too many control freaks that they hold on to their idea when they don't even realize they're not in whatever business they think they're in. They're in the people business. And if mm. you can't build the people, 
you can't build a business. Think about any business that's yeah. ever scaled, right? You're right. It was the people that got them through. Yeah. Unless so uh, I'm, I'm hearing all that, but I have to admit, like, the down chain of that. Like, obviously, it starts at the top, and you set that culture, and you set that tone. But then finding managers to also replicate that with their teams. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't help but think that because that went so fast, how did you... Well, I guess you said you you had all these metrics, but that's still really difficult. Well, you have to spend the money. Yeah. I mean, you you got to spend the money on the the outside resources to come in and consult and and coach. Yeah, I mean, you you have to. A lot of people think that spending money on a coach or mentor, or whatever you want to call them, is a waste as you're scaling. But it's been our our little dirty little secret that's kept us going. Yeah. So if you actually look at the connected org chart right now. Um, you know, you've got VPs, C-suite, and then, um, you know, sales managers, each tier has their own coach. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Including myself. Yeah. And I'm coached by an individual that made a billion dollar exit and specializes specifically in coaching SaaS founders. Wow. Um, and then like all this coordination and all this effort to keep things, the culture and everything fit. What's what's one thing that you try not to have creep up, but sometimes just does? Like, what is that festering sore that sometimes comes back in? Hmm. At scale, it's uh, the <laughs> male and female population mm-hmm. mixing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it becomes like a real HR problem, right? Yeah, that one's annoying as hell. Yeah, can't, I can't even lie. That yeah. one. That one drives me absolutely nuts. Um, the the telephone game, uh, mm-hmm. that one drives me nuts. Uh, we do have really good structure on meetings, so it's not too often that it happens. Yeah. But if I'm on the road a lot or or something, uh, you know, I was on the road for six weeks, and the company had one of its biggest months ever. Right. Uh, it says a lot to my management and stuff we have in place here. Uh, but. With that being said, the game of telephone still happens, right? You tell one direct report one thing and then dilutes all the way down. By the time it gets to the person that's executing it, it can be wrong. Yeah. Or not done to the extent that you want it to be done. And that gets frustrating. What's the one thing that is, you know, it's going to be really hard to achieve? And it's that not, I don't want to say unattainable goal, but it's the thing that really drives you. Uh, as far as in the business or outside of business, you tell me. I mean, um, it, this could be a personal or business related thing, but you know that it's going to be a five plus year journey. Yeah, uh, building my end goal is actually building studios um, mm. to foster and teach uh, these eighteen to twenty five year old kids real relationships, the mm. mindset, and mm. then how to bootstrap their business through their first million mm-hmm. and then five million. Uh, so I really, I've already like drawn them out. Like I want to build them in Florida and Indiana. Yeah. Um, that's probably a 10 year plan. Yeah. But, um, and, and like when I say facility, like I want like a hundred million dollar facility. Like yeah. I want like a facility. Yeah. Like I want it like man cave too, like cars and <laughs> sure. smoke cigars. So if you have to go there, you're going to enjoy yourself as well. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so, 
we're gonna get you know we're gonna play all out you mm-hmm. know full throttle no champagne bottle here in in the tech run I'm in mm-hmm. staying focused on that um, but that is my my end goal my yeah. and impact you know my my goal is impact a million students through that where are you looking at in Florida Bradyton Sarasota okay yeah yeah I love that area uh, not playing politics but the that state has drawn in a lot of people. Because yeah. they stay open. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been interesting. We, yeah, no, Florida's awesome. Man. We're this year we're taking our students to Tampa. Yeah. So um, for the obvious reasons, they a lot of I, activity. I have a lot there. of connections in Tampa, so we'll talk. Whatever you need, we'll talk. Yeah, we're 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 heading down there. Um, final question, just because you know this is I don't always ask this, but you may have a a, a non traditional answer, but and it doesn't have to be a traditional teacher, but your best. Maybe you even could throw in mentor, but your best teacher you've had in your life, one or two, and what did they really hone in on? Um, this sounds kind of cliche, but my wife, mm-hmm. uh, she has really helped me understand that business isn't first in life, mm-hmm. but it's God, me, the family, then mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Business is actually fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really helped me hone in on and have a whole nother appreciation mm-hmm. for my, um, and I hate the word work-life balance or phrase, by the way, yeah. but the balance in what's a priority. Mm-hmm. And uh, then my actual business partner, Cody Harvey, mm-hmm. on just, he taught me how to build real relationships. Mm-hmm. And then I learned how to massage and just execute and close and be what, he calls me the hammer. Mm-hmm. He learned, you know, I, I kind of fostered and facilitated me being the hammer but he taught me how to get it to the point where you can drop that hammer mm. so mm. those are two like ongoing eight years impact um that is in my life day to day and then in the last year uh dan martell's started to make a big impact mm. as he's been exited for over a billion dollars and you know impacted uh, over 500 SaaS founders wow so stop Hammer time. Yeah. Sorry. Did I fit that in? Did I fit that one in? No, I, I appreciate that uh, one because it is those mentors that, you know, not wanting to quote Ryan Holiday, but that ego is the enemy. Once yep. you think you have everything figured out is the death of your organization. Yep. Um, once that you think that your answer is the only answer, obviously. Um, but I, I, I've seen that and, and I've seen some of the highs and lows you've gone through. And I like the fact, though, if if you just were taking a look at like a oh, massive growth, everything must be great. It's not acknowledging no, no, that, no, no. but then also that's that that desire to grow, that desire to be better, uh, and I also like hearing that one of your best teachers is your wife, because I mean, uh, I'm in that same position. I uh, and we we have to be team Wetrick. Yeah. Um. You know, when things got a little crazy with my schedule, I had to rely on Alicia covering some of the things that I couldn't do anymore, and I've seen that with you too. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that was funny. We were in each other at the airport. I'm like, look at you. Look at, uh, you. look at you. And you had your flight canceled. You had to fly with the regular people on yeah. Southwest. <laughs> you were so mad. You're like, Ugh. but you know, you had to fly with the regulars. It's all good. Uh, but I don't no, forget where I come from. Well, at least for that one day, I will fly Southwest <laughs> this one day because my, my Delta flight got canceled. Um, no, but uh, on a genuine, sincere note, 
I mean, we sit there and talked about the fact and joking that in the studio right now is a former student of mine. You've had a lot of contacts with either personal students of mine mm -hmm. or students that have been involved in the within, which speaks a lot to your character and the fact that you're, you're saying, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a student, let us know how we can help. Um, that is all good. Speaking of that last follow through, somebody out there is listening. They're 17 years old and like, yes, I, I want to know more. Where should they go? Yeah, so just hit the website, connectit.io. We do spell it K-E-N-N-E-C-T-E-D.io. If you want to follow me personally, Instagram, at my name, Devin Allen Johnson. It's A-L-L-E-N Johnson. I have around 70,000 followers. There's any given day, there's four or five fake profiles of me. I don't know. I'm just, I guess, hitting that status in life. Um and then LinkedIn, of course, just my name, Devin Johnson. I'll probably be the first first one or first three that pop up. Cool. Got yet yet phantom accounts though for you? Dude, it's bad. Using your profile picture and everything? Oh, like newer employees, you know, that haven't really interacted. They come up, they go, Tell me about your Bitcoin investment opportunity. Like, On which platform is that? Twitter? Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. That's so. scary. Yeah, and shoot me a DM. Um, I'm very responsive and uh, you know, happy to help you out and give some guidance. There it is. Devin Johnson's been our guest, founder, CEO of Connected. Thanks so much for being on. Appreciate it, Don.